Hi, everyone, and welcome to the American Constitutionalist. I'm Jeff Tokar, your host, and with me is Cliff DeCamp. The American Constitutionalist's main purpose is to defend and champion a return to the original intent and meaning of the United States Constitution. In addition, we at the American Constitutionalist are not afraid to mix politics and religion because we believe in America, they're inseparable. America was built as a Judeo-Christian nation, and history proves it. Yet even though we were built on the Christian principles of the Bible as a Judeo-Christian nation, our founding fathers and framers of our Constitution still left you with the freedom of choice in religion. Now, Cliff, I want to do something kind of unusual tonight. I want to kick off by reading part of an article by the great Hal Lindsey. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Uh, decades ago, he wrote a book called The Late Great Planet Earth. Hal Lindsey has a ministry. It's still going strong, but he put out this article uh, towards the end of last week, and I want to read it because it's really profound about the state that America is in. Time and again, our leaders make bad decisions. Then, surprise, wrong decisions bring about unwanted results. Look at the economy. Our economy staggers under the burden of government overspending. What do our leaders do about it? They spend more. It is as if they are on a ship sinking by the bow. They discover that there's a hole in the bow. The problem should be obvious. There is a hole. Therefore, repair the hole. Otherwise, the ship will sink entirely. But this ship is run by elected officials. With the boat strongly tilted toward the bow, the electorate, the ship's passengers, begin to complain. The tilting deck hinders their comfort. The ship's leaders want to be reelected, so they go into action, not repairing the breach, but trying to level the slanted deck. The best way to level up the deck would be to repair the hole and bail out the water, but they prefer something easier. Someone says, let's knock a hole in the stern of the ship so that the water will come in from both sides evenly. The deck will become level and the passengers will be happy. The others cheer. They see this as a stupendous idea. After all, it's much easier to create another hole than it is to repair the one they have. So they knock a hole in the stern to balance out the hole in the bow. By fixing the wrong problem, they double the real problem. The ship begins to sink twice as fast, albeit with a slightly more level deck. The ship's leaders base their re-election campaigns on the fact that the deck is not tilted as it used to be. They get reelected. Then both the crew and the passengers descend to the ocean floor on the ship with an almost level deck. The problem with inflation is spending. An increase in spending will not repair that. The problem with immigration is porous borders. Further opening the border will not fix it. Fake news will not be solved by more lies. Drug abuse will not be solved by more legalization of dangerous drugs. Crime will not be solved by letting criminals off the hook. And if anyone is crazy enough to want World War III, I can tell you the best way to achieve that goal, appease those who threaten World War III. Weakness draws aggression like sugar draws flies. A moral freefall underlies all these problems. Breaking down even more of our moral foundation will only make matters worse. Yet. That's what our society continues to do. 
I've told you this on many, many podcasts ago. According to my interpretation of prophecy and reading the book of Revelation, I don't think that America will be predominant in the future as part of God's plan. So in my opinion, the ship is going to eventually sink. And folks, we are on the Titanic. We at the American Constitutionists, and I want you to grasp this and what we're doing when we talk about religion and politics. And I think over the last few podcasts, we've really stressed this. Metaphorically speaking, we are pumping air into the ship to try to keep it afloat just a little longer. You see, we love freedom. We love this great country we've been blessed with. And I think it's a country that God himself ordained to be that light on the hill. And because we were that light, he blessed America to be a blessing to the world. But right now, the debt and spending is out of control. Moral and civil decay. We hit the iceberg. And folks, God's judgment may be upon us. Ichabod might be written across the door. God ordained and blessed America but he will also judge America. How will it happen? I don't know. We may collapse from within. The budget may take us down. China, if we go to war with China, the world will be changed forever. We don't know what's going to happen with Taiwan. We don't know what's going to happen with Russia and Ukraine, what the future is going to be in that scenario. But you know what? God's always going to be in control. And we think that America can turn. The ship can be righted. But it's going to have to turn back to him or otherwise we are in grave danger. Yes, we're supposed to seek God and his kingdom, but God made everything good on this earth. He made it for our enjoyment. And I love America. I've enjoyed growing up in America and I want my kids to enjoy the country I've been blessed to live in. I'd like to prolong it for years instead of maybe just a year. You know, now that Donald Trump has announced he's going to run for president. I think we're going to see the media and the left and even the right just come unhinged in attacking him. You know, Cliff, you see in the news now, there's a lot of Trump bashers out there and they want to dump Trump. And I've said this before. I think Trump is probably one of the best candidates. And I'm going to tell you why. Are there good candidates? Yes. I think DeSantis would be good. I think Rubio would be good. I like Ted Cruz. They're all good candidates, but they're also politicians. Now, let me tell you why I think that Trump is the best pick. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he's obnoxious. He needs to stop the name calling. The same strategies he used last time will not work this time. And in fact, it may hurt him. I hear many, many people who say they're discouraged by him and they won't vote for him. But I want you to listen to me for a second why he might be the best candidate. We see so much fraud in our government, in the FBI, in the DOJ, and so many things that are wrong. The left and the right are afraid of Trump because they know Trump will come in and he will clean house. And politically, he's the only one that can do it without ties because after being elected one more time, he can't run again for president. So that's why I'm saying that he's going to be bashed. That's why I'm saying a lot of people is going to be on that dump Trump train because they know what he will do and they know that he's the man that can really clean up Washington. I think that there's many good candidates out there that will make good presidents. But for that reason, I think that we need to consider Donald Trump again running for the office of president.
Yes, I would. Uh, I would agree with you. I think um, you know there we we have a number of people who could run for office, run for president of the United States, and do a, a very good job. Um, you know, I think I kind of look at Trump, and I I don't like some of what he does. I like the majority of what he did do when he was in office. Um, I don't like you know some of the name calling and and those types of things, but he did by doing so bring attention to certain things that no one was talking about. For instance, you know, when he started calling uh, the news people fake news, um, that drew attention to that particular issue uh, of the fact that the media is biased. And, um, and so now he's, you know, gone on to other things trying to do the same thing. So it, you know, just, to, to let you know that um, it's an Alinsky tactic to do what he's doing. So the, the left has done it for years and, uh, and, and he just kind of like turned it around on him. And that is to, you know, isolate them and, and vilify uh, individuals, et cetera, uh, and vilify uh, people in a particular position uh, for the purposes of making a point and getting, uh, public support behind things. So by him, for instance, talking about, you know, fake news, you know, he had people lined up behind him saying, yeah, that's fake news. You know, that, yeah, they're not telling the truth. Yeah, that, you know, they won't report the fact that uh, the crowds at uh, these events that he's holding are huge and the ones that Biden's holding are so small. I mean, th th he did that for the purposes of drawing attention to certain aspects. And I, I suspect that, uh, uh, he's not going to give up on that. Uh, and that would be the only reason why I would say not to, uh, that I would prefer to have someone else run, um, but that I can understand why he would want to. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind is that the people that are saying that Trump is the cause of, of us not having the red wave, uh, there's a couple of things to keep in mind here. Uh, first of all, that's not true. If you take a look at the candidates that he supported across the country. Yeah, if you look at the major ones, well, the major ones, yes, they didn't make it. A lot of them came close. Um, you know, Oz almost uh, won, uh, and Blake Masters out in, in Lack, Adam Laxalt uh, out in, the, in uh, Arizona and, and Nevada. Um, those people have, you know, lost at the last second, uh, and therefore, um, you know, it it they put a good effort on. Um, and I would say that he didn't really lose that. The other thing to keep in mind, and this was something that uh, I heard Newt Gingrich say on a show earlier this week or over the weekend, and what he talked about was the fact that if you take a look at all of the House of Representative races across the country, which is every member of the House, that Republicans got more votes than Democrats in total for the first time in like 60 years, meaning yeah. that the Republicans, I, I, the final numbers aren't in because obviously California is still holding out in, in their vote counting. Uh, they're still looking for those additional Democrat votes. Um, and um, and they'll, they'll find them after they've made them up. Uh, but the, um, you know, the, the thing to keep in mind is that if you take a look at those totals, it should be somewhere between 3 million, 5 million votes. So there's Republicans got three to 5 million more votes than Democrats did across the United States for the first time in 60 years.
And so um, as a result of that, there was sort of a red wave. It just wasn't as large as everyone thought it would be. And it was not in some of the critical races that would have resulted in us gaining more seats. Now, as we sit here today, as of Monday this last week, there were 217 Republicans in the House of Representatives declared winners. So they're one person away from having the majority. Um, and there's still probably 20 some races that are yet to be called at this point in time. So I, I think it's pretty clear that Republicans are gonna control the House of Representatives. Um, and that's that's a good thing because without the House, um, you know, you can't get stuff done. And so, you know, anything that the Democrats put forward that is outrageous is not going to make its way through the House, hopefully. And it might not make its way through even the Senate if it's really, truly outrageous, because there may be a, a few Democrat senators that decide that it's not a good idea to dig ourselves into a further hole when it comes to spending and uh, with the inflation issue. So, uh, you know, everyone wants to have a scapegoat and, and point to one person or one thing that caused the election not to turn out the way they wanted. And of course, the never Trumpers are going to say it was Trump and and the Democrats are going to say it's Trump and the people who uh, listen to them, to, to those two groups, are going to start saying that it's Trump is responsible. They're not going to say Mitch McConnell's responsible because he didn't put money into certain races. I mean, just think what would have happened if he would have put money into the Blake Masters race, by the way, because he didn't lose by that much. Uh, and we would have the Arizona Senate. Um, uh, you know, we would have an Arizona senator. Or if he had put more money into Laxalt's campaign, we might have had that. Or if we, he had put more money into Herschel Walker's campaign, we might have had that. So there's a number of races that we might have had uh, wins in had Mitch McConnell put money into those particular races. So is Mitch McConnell at fault? Not necessarily. Is Donald Trump at fault? No. Um, the question becomes, it's it's a matter of a number of different things that resulted in what happened. But there was a red wave. It just wasn't as big as we had hoped that it would be. And Trump's candidates won more often than they lost. But there's total corruption in Washington, the self-indulgence I always talk about for money, power, and control. And Mitch McConnell is on that train, too. And we're going we're gonna to talk truth either side of the aisle. And he could have done some things to make a different uh, different outcome, like him funding Lisa Markowski in Alaska. And that needs to change. I mean, I, I hope there's sense there to get rid of Mitch McConnell. And then we need good leadership in the House. And the best thing we can hope for in the next couple, the next couple of years is to pump air in the ship to keep it afloat in hopes that we make a bigger turnaround in 2024. Because I think if we don't make a big change in 2024, then... Um, then the bow's ready to go under. So there's a lot of things that we talk about that need to be done. Um, some of them could be done now, hopefully defund a lot of these things that were put out there by the Democrats in the last two years. But Cliff, the ship, the ship's just barely hanging on. And, and as we talk about here on the American Constitutionalist, there's a lot of things that need to be done that can maybe even raise the ship. One of the things that I think that, um, well, first of all, we should figure out why it was, uh, there, sh there should be people that figure out why we didn't win as many races as we thought we would. That's one thing that ought to be done. Otherwise, 
everyone ought to be looking forward and not backward. Uh, we ought to look at the things that we can do to um, to solidify things more in 2024. There's more uh, Senate races that will be, or you know, positions that will be open. Uh, Democrats will leave, uh, and Republicans are going to be in a better position to pick up the Senate in 2024 than they were in 2022. You got to get the right candidates in. You got to finance them properly, et cetera. But uh, one of the other things that should be done, and this should be done by the, uh, in particular, the red state governors, and, and there ought to be a massive grassroots push for this. You know, too many people have gotten, um, uh, with COVID and some of the things that we put in place for elections as a result of it, too many people have gotten complacent and allowed these um, things that we know that uh, the, where fraud can occur in elections like the drop boxes and the mail-in ballots that, or just mailing ballots out to everyone who's a registered voter. Those issues uh, need to be addressed and we need to get our elections solidified by 2024. You know, I was saying this back after the 2020 election that we needed to take action to, to do that. Not much was done across the country to correct those things in the states that uh, there were major issues with um, because we have situations like what's gone on in Arizona and Nevada, California, um, you know, some of the other places where vote counting has taken so long uh, uh, to occur. And and one of the things that, that I look at and say is that, you know, it doesn't matter whether there was any corruption. Uh, it, it You know, it could be completely a pristine election in, in Arizona and Nevada and Cal in these California races and some other states could be completely pristine elections done exactly, uh, you know, completely above board, everything is accurate, uh, et cetera. But the fact that we're not getting results quickly leads everyone to be suspicious of the results when they do come in. And couple that with the fact that every time there seems to be a close election um, that is uh, drawn out, that we don't get results and it takes so long to count up the ballots, it always seems to be that the Democrats win those elections uh, at, at least 90% of the time. And I don't think they're that good. I mean, quite frankly, uh, they should. It should be a 50-50 split in those types of things, and that's not what's happening. And so there's got to be a problem uh, in in the way they're doing that. So that those are the things that need to be corrected. They need to get all of this, you know, the the transparency and the legitimacy of the elections across the United States need to be uh, firmed up. Even on a panel decades ago, Jimmy Carter said. Mail-in ballots do nothing but offer the opportunity for for fraud. I mean, and that's what's happening out there. And we've got to get that straightened up. And I want the wonderful people that listen to us to know when we talk about Democrats and Republicans, we are for representation that will downsize the federal government, bring it back to the states, the local communities, and you, the American citizen. So we lean towards the Republican Party and we support the Republican Party because we realize that is the only chance, the hope we have politically that we can get America back onto a conservative constitutional track of getting this country back to what the plumb line was of a Judeo-Christian nation, what our founders and our framers of our constitution intended. We can't, We I know the libertarians and the Republicans are a lot similar but we have to get on the same page if we're going to win this fight. 
We can't start another party. It won't work. We have to deal with the cards we have right now. And just like you said, Cliff, the election is what the election was. Was there fraud out there? Probably. We need to look at the things that went on, but we've got to move forward. We've got to get things straight. And with us uh, taking the house and controlling it would be a big step in balancing things out to keep the Democrats in check in the Senate so that we can get to 2024. But they're going to have to start to do the right things so that they can win back the trust of the American people that if they're given control in 2024, they're going to put the right air in this ship to make it float. Because my opinion is it's just a matter of time that the Democrats will get full control again. And then like you've said over and over and over, every time they're in control, the pendulum swings left. Republicans get control. They don't swing the pendulum back. The Democrats get control. It goes further left. It never moves back to center. We've got to at least get it back to center to make a difference in the United States of America. Another thing to, to consider here is that, um, you know, where is the center? You know, because if you yeah. we, we've gone so far to the left now that if that pendulum doesn't swing back to a, the extreme right, we're never going to get back to the center again. You know, the we, we feel that you and I feel um, that we're in the center. We're not those, you know, extremists on either side, that you and I are the center of of what the United States, what the people want. Um, and, you know, we might be slightly right of center, but we're pretty close to the center. Um, most Democrats are way to the left. Um, yes. and, and I would say a lot of them are extreme. I mean, the only people that come even close to being in the center would be, you know, Joe Manchin. And he's even further left than the center. So, you know, there's, there's not too many Democrats out there that you could say were even close to the center. And they're, you know, they're, they're far left at this point in time. And that's because of political prostitution that I talked about two weeks ago. And the Democrat party has done this more than any other group in the United States for money, power, and control, which means you need votes. They have sold out to almost psychologically unstable people so that their party can stay in control. And now it's way out of whack. I want to share something else with you. I was listening to the radio. I always talk about this on the podcast. I listen to the radio a lot in the car when I'm going place to place. And I heard one of the talk jocks today remind me of something that I've read on this podcast uh, probably in the last year sometime. And it's about the freedom cycle. The freedom cycle was attributed to Scottish history professor Alexander Tyler in 1787. From the days of Greece and Rome, empires have had a range and degrees of freedom, but most democracies lasted about 200 years. America has existed for over 230 years. But you can see significant signs in America of selfishness, complacency, apathy, and growing dependence. And here's what he says. In the freedom cycle, the freedom cycle states how people emerge from bondage because of spiritual faith that generates courage, followed by achieving liberty and abundance, leading to selfishness, complacency, apathy, dependency, and returning to bondage. And we are so close to that point of seeing a tyrannical dictatorship come to America, we'll be back into bondage. 
And that's why I say when freedom is lost in America, it'll be lost in the world forever. As it has happened to other nations and empires down through history, America was the last beachhead for freedom the world will ever see. But unless we return to common sense and truth, to that plumb line of being a Judeo-Christian nation founded on the principles, precepts in the Bible, God's holy word, for us to live as a moral, just, and civil society, this ship will sink. So Cliff, we are in some very difficult times the next two years leading up to 2024. And I really believe 2024 is the last chance for us to get this train back on the track for a while. Yeah, and I think in future podcasts, we're going to talk about some of the things uh, in, in more detail about elections and how they should be handled and changes that need to be made across the United States. And we may even take the time to go through some of the uh, places, some of the states in the United States that have issues as far as their elections are concerned and point out some of the ways in which they can correct those. So that may be things that we do uh, in future podcasts. Yes, we're going to be talking about term limits, the 17th Amendment. We're going to be talking about um, ballots and early voting and absentee ballots. There's going to be a lot coming up on podcasts very soon for you to enjoy. So I hope you'll stay with us and we need your support here. We need you to share this podcast with as many Americans as you can. It's free. Subscribe to it. All that does is let you know when the next podcast has been uploaded for you to listen to. We need you to pray for America too. We need to pray that God will get into the hearts of our leadership to do what is right for America in his sight. Righteousness, justice, liberty, truth, common sense. We need you to stand with us at the American Constitutionalist, spreading the word of truth as we strive to continue to be one nation under God, indivisible with liberty, justice, and freedom for all. For Cliff DeCamp, this is Jeff Tokar, reminding you that we at the American Constitutionalist still support and believe in God, America, and freedom.